Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of La La Land. Oh, excuse me, that was the wrong thing. It is Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me is Mr. Stevens Parsons. Actually, I think you were right the first time. Welcome to La La Land. <laughs> yeah. You heard about that in the Academy Awards here in the U.S.? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the most important news item that's ever yeah. been happened on the television. You know, well, at least you don't have to hear about Trump, right? There's oh, yeah. else at all on radio, everything, all day. Oh, well. Makes it hard to get your ice cream, I understand. Is anyone there? Of course we're here, <laughs> but you weren't referring to me. And you're a little muffled. Yeah, you're very low, Marianne. Uh, is that any better? Oh, much better, much better. Lots better. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we have an interesting show tonight right here on Tojinet, Pararex, uh, Astronet, and wherever else we are. And we're going to be talking about uh, Parasound, or EVP. No, we're not going to be talking about paracoustics. You are. I'm talking about Parasound. There's no such thing. I, look, I invented the word paracoustics. We can at least use that. No, no, I just made the English yeah. version of it. <clears throat> no, it doesn't work. Parasound. Nobody knows what paracoustics is. It's They do. It's a bestseller. Yeah. Bestseller what? Boring well, books on, on sound? <laughs> Excuse me, I've got a chapter in that book. Don't you be insulting well, me. Well, that's the best part of it. I absolutely <laughs> love that chapter. <laughs> backtrack, backtrack. He's never read the book. <laughs> I, I have it. I have it. He's never read it. I have the book. Yeah, you never read it though. Just Ian's <laughs> chapter. Yeah, you've never read it. Just Ian's chapter. That was the most interesting yeah, one. That the, rest, the rest of it put me to sleep every time I got try to get you through it. You haven't read the cover. <laughs> so moving right along, what is it? We're, we're, today we're going to look at, uh, for Steve's sake, paracoustics, I guess. And uh, joining us is uh, his co-founder of Parascience and also working on her uh, PhD. Let's put power in front of Some letter thing is uh, Anne Winsper. I don't know. You're really having a go this week, aren't you? You get my name wrong. You insult my PhD and you haven't read my book. It's a good job I know you. Oh, yeah. He's been on the gravity fitness again, that's what it is. Oh, right. Blood's that explains it. <laughs> yeah, the blood's so, gone to his head again. You know, everybody has been after me because I screw up their names. And it's not it's not a, uh, a intentional thing. It, it, I have a, uh, a brain disorder that allows the, the words to get muddled in my brain. So I always mess them up. And no matter how hard I try, I still can't get them straight so that's so true because when i book a guest i always re- i always um put in a, a thing in the booking about please excuse the co-host who's apt to get your name wrong 
So if you want to make fun of me because I'm handicapped, feel free. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good with that. <laughs> Thank you. So anyway, Anne, yeah. uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. And you are working very hard for your Ph.D., and uh, someday you'll be just like Mr. Cal Cooper, which will be awesome. Uh, if I'm ever like Cal, then shoot me. <laughs> with, a go- with a goatee. And... Yeah. <laughs> Are the top we'll three to... buttons undone? We'll have, we'll have to call a doctor in. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, you got to be careful, because Cal's our guest next week. It's all right. Yeah, so you say. I don't believe you. Cal can't take time out of his busy schedule. You know that. Anyway, paracoustics. Yes. Go on. Go ahead. You wrote the book. I wrote the book. You wanted the show. You start. You're the host. Uh, No, that's not how this came about. Cal couldn't make it, so we got in. (laughs) (laughs) That's not strictly true. All right, let's let's get serious because we've okay. already lost the three people we had listening. Uh, anyways, paracoustics or, or EVPs is an intriguing. No, 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 pot- no, no, no. That, Let's clear this up from the start. They're not the same thing. Paracoustics is um, the broad, the broad right it view of anything EVPs. anything relating sound to the paranormal exactly. experience. Exactly. So it's not the same as EVP. EVP I didn't say it was. Why don't you take the wax out of your ears and listen? Karina, replay the tape. He said paracoustics or EVP. (sighs) Whatever. And... Well, what was that? Paracoustics. So anyways, uh, moving right along, hopefully uh, without interruption, uh, Anne is working on her PhD on EVPs. and, And EVPs is an integral part of the paranormal so that being said uh why did you chose you know evps and is it that integral part of the paranormal the main reason i chose it was because all the skeptics were dismissing it out of hand and they said it wasn't even worth investigating it because it was obviously complete rubbish which to me, it struck me as the most unscientific thing anyone can ever say. So I thought, well, you know, it may turn out to be nothing paranormal at all, but how on earth are we going to know unless we start looking at it? Hence, I started looking at it. And of course, it remains extremely popular. Um, It is is the drug of choice for paranormal investigators. It's had quite a big shift in recent years because there's been people for many, many, many years investigating EVP. Uh, They work at it and work at it and work at it. But, of course, in recent years, the ghost hunters have started using devices like ghost boxes, etc. And it's suddenly become the the easy, quick way to communicate with the dead for people who aren't psychic or don't think they are psychic. They can go to a building and get apparent answers to their questions in real time and supposed proof of the paranormal. Yeah, in fact, only this afternoon I was reading an interview with one of um, Europe's top paranormal investigation teams and one of the interview questions related to equipment and they said uh, the response was, we have a lot of EVP recorders, and we get some amazing proof on them. 
Over to you, Anne. <laughs> well, <laughs> do they get amazing proof on the EVP Why record? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, there are a number of problems with most of the EVP clips that are knocking about. Um, for a start, most of the clips that get sent to us, they get sent, and inevitably the file name of the clip that's being sent is what the person thinks is in the clip, which immediately biases you to hear what they think is there. So it's pointless listening to it after that. We never actually get, say, half an hour of sound saying, right, if you listen at this point, do you hear anything? Or just listen to it, do you hear anything? We always get a two or three second clip that's been cut out of something, has no context, no background, and has been fiddled with in audacity to make it sound better. So there's absolutely nothing we can do with the vast majority of clips that get sent to us, apart from go, yep, there's a noise on the tape. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how, I mean, EVP research, like as you mentioned earlier, has been going on for, you know, you know, tons of years, and uh, there there has been serious research with with some pretty astounding results. I think is that something that that we really just dismiss, or or is there some proof to put in there? I don't think we have any proof, but I definitely think there is something interesting. Um, unfortunately, it's quite hard nowadays to get to that something interesting because of all the masses of well i was going to say rubbish and i was trying to think of a politer word but i can't really the masses of stuff that's posted on youtube and facebook and most of it is just absolutely nothing like what i would call an evp but there's definitely stuff going back right from the beginning and some research that's being carried out nowadays that has some really, really interesting sounds on them. And as yet, we're still trying to work out what those are and how they got there. What I find interesting is listening to the modern presented EVPs, uh, how they, they always, they're always class ones, aren't they? Um, but you and I both know, Anne, that we've recorded several anomalous sounds over the years, which would be, you could label as EVPs because nobody was aware of the sound being put down or nobody heard the sound as it was recorded. And one thing that I can recall uh, as a characteristic of those sounds, and it does relate to Raudiva's characteristics, is that they were very, very sibilant Um in, in, in the sort of sound, they they were uh, very. I don't know how to describe it apart from they, they were highly sibilant in the in the in the way that they came across on the recorder. Yeah, we found that with quite a few. It's certainly not true of everything that people are getting in serious research at the moment. Um, there are certainly clips out there from some researchers where, for all intents and purposes, it just sounds like someone else is talking on the tape. Now, I have to take that at face value when it's presented um, before actually doing anything with it. The same as with a ghost sighting. If someone says, I saw a ghost, I'm not going to say, no, you didn't. That's rubbish. I'm going to 
assume that they've had an experience and try and find out what that experience is. And the same with EVP. If someone presents me with a voice on tape, I can't just dismiss it and say, ah, you made it up or it was the radio. But these clips are not as common as people are making out. An awful lot of them are just these ghost box, random noises picking stuff up. And even a cursory analysis shows that they don't say what the people are saying they're saying. So are you suggesting then that the investigators who are claiming these astounding EVPs are not making the necessary cursory, even cursory examinations of the audio? They're just simply going on the this is proof, I'm going to put it on Facebook. Absolutely. Um, Even if you listen carefully to some of the clips it's obvious that even if there is a sound on there um it's anything meaningful is buried under the fact that they'll say listen to this it's a voice telling me to get out and there might actually be something on the tape but it's definitely not a voice saying get out but there could well be a genuine phenomenon going on but we'll completely miss it because we just hear this clip someone telling us it's saying a certain phrase when it's obvious it isn't saying that phrase so when you when you say it's excuse me and i didn't mean to interrupt hmm. but when you say it's obvious obvious to who to anyone who listens um well evidently it's not obvious to the persons who recorded it or the ones that have heard well, it no that was my that, caveat that, they they lack the half a brain oh no it's nothing to do with half a brain it is it, it is that, one of the main things that I'm looking at in my research, (laughs) what is it that causes people to think they're hearing these words and phrases when actually if you take a step back they're not saying that at all what makes people predisposed to think that they are hearing something is it something in their psychology, is it just due to suggestion, is it due to the fact that they really want to hear one, what's causing these people to think they're hearing these voices isn't there a case to argue, though, that the person asking the question... I mean, I've played psychological games on investigations um, using EVP recorders where you ask simple questions that are heavily front-loaded. Uh, can you tell us how many people are here? Can you tell us... Uh, can you say one of the people's here names? And you get everybody to introduce themselves. So you're front-loading the expectation of, of, of the people hearing um, the responses from these ghost box devices. Absolutely. That's why one of the conditions in my experiments is to either prompt people that it's EVP or to just tell them it's just a sound clip and nothing to do with the paranormal, just to see how much prompting them that this is going to be paranormal and there's going to be ghosts on the tape actually makes them think that there's voices there. Do we have an indication of how much? Because from my experience, they don't require very much of a, of a trigger. Uh, they it's harder in the lab. I mean, as I always say, the validity of carrying out experiments in the lab is a bit suspect at best. Um, definitely in the field, the effect is very, very, very marked. You can get people to believe they're hearing pretty much anything if you prompt them. So rather like the discoveries relating to infrasound, uh, it's not just the anomaly on the on the audio itself that's that's part of the uh, process of creating the experience you're dealing with the 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 whole ambiance of the ghost hunt the environment the the people uh the whole sort of spiel and 
experience that goes on um, preparing them for the investigation. Totally, which is why I'm more interested in the reality of the serious research, because even though these people might believe that there is life after death and they're getting the voices of people who have passed on, they're doing it in a far more measured fashion rather than in a group, in a ghost hunt, in a haunted building where they're trying to contact someone where you're pretty much guaranteed that someone will hear something. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't particularly agree with it 100%. And, and especially with Steve's uh, analogy where he's front-loading questions. Yeah, it, that's all fun and clear if you're doing with a ghost box or a hack shack or something like that. But once again, a, a true EVP, if it's recorded on a, a recorder, is not heard at the time it's recorded. So... And, and often, often is analyzed, you know, hours later or even days later. And so it, that front loading isn't there as, as much as, as he believes it is. It's still present, though, because you're still listening to the recording that you got in the haunted locations and you know the questions you were asking because they're on the tape anyway. So there's still quite a large amount of suggestion there. And then, of course, they put it on YouTube and say, I was in this building. I said, is there anybody there? And they said, get out of my house. Yeah, but that's, um, I mean, you're just taking the, the plain social media. Not, there are many other groups that don't post this stuff on uh, you say I, many. You know, you're, fall, you're falling into parsonide, which no, is parsonside, which is no. means everybody posts their crap on on uh, YouTube and, and things. No. There are other people out there that don't do that. Yeah, they so are very just lumping them all together. I'm the sorry, problem Robert. is, I've been working with a number of groups now. Who I'm not going to mention any names. Some groups. A very, very, very tiny minority of groups are approaching this in a decent scientific manner. A lot of the groups who say they're doing it seriously, they talk the talk, but when you actually go and join in and help them with their research, you think their methods are not in any way, shape or form controlled or scientific. They think they are, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Well, the other, thing, the other thing, Ron, you, you talk about, you, you brought up this point about parsonide and uh, social media. Yeah, the it's fast, you know, every ghost well, group it, just it, runs it, and puts all that crap on YouTube, which is well, not true. It's a, it's well, a, a generalization, it's a, which is it's a absolutely not true. I've never posted a single EVP or any or any well, audio are, sound that I have captured on YouTube or, or Facebook or anything else, and I know other well, groups that have done the same. So well, there we are then. That absolutely proves that no that no group does, but the vast majority of groups do in fact do that. In fact, I've just finished a survey for the SPR um, for something I'm presenting at the end of May, and. I can find very, very few groups who use the website as a, pro as, a, as a primary portal where they're using YouTube and other social media as their front door and immediately posting there. That is the majority view. I would say that the vast majority of groups are using social media. That doesn't mean to say that all are. And so... I maintain the position that it's a race to get your EVPs onto Facebook and YouTube on the Sunday morning. It stands for at least 95%, probably higher, of the paranormal groups that are currently out there. And that goes back to last week's rap, but this no. is paracoustics. I don't have the statistics on that, so I certainly can't really comment that you're 
figures are wrong or not wrong. I, I can send you them later when we come off here. Yeah, fine. So back to Anne. So Anne, once again, yeah. as I as I mentioned, uh, you know, sometimes things are recorded and and uh, uh, they're not analyzed till days later or hours later or whatever. And but you and you talked about controls too. So, I mean, is there a good way to do this in the field where you have certain controls? I mean, you're not you can't have 100% control in the field. It's difficult. Well, Steve's the best to talk about the technical side, but even just simple um, making a note of who's doing what and when they're doing it and who's speaking and um, videoing what's going on so you can see when people are shuffling or coughing or making a noise or monitoring the people because people do do um, sub-vocalizations without realizing it. Um, my husband does it all the time. He's always muttering to himself and doesn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and this happens a lot and people don't realize and it gets picked up on the tapes. But a lot of the time people are just concentrating on the tapes and they, I mean, I've been sent all sorts of clips from places where I was actually present, but I've got no context and without having a video and monitoring of the people there, I don't know if somebody might have said something or muttered something or coughed. So I can't say, yes, that's definitely a strange voice on the tape because I just have no context to put it in. Interestingly, you said you raised about this um, almost subliminal voices, uh, unconscious utterances. Uh, we have a, I have a great example of that. We can't play it tonight, unfortunately, because it relates to a confidential case. Um, but it was a case where two people, one of them was, was me, was playing around with an audio recorder um, that we were testing. And we made a mock sort of attempt to, you know, if you can hear my voice speak to us in Latvian or whatever it was. And there was a very clear and very distinct, yes, on, on the recorder, which really was quite surprising until we put it through the uh, one of the uh, programs that we have for analyzing uh, audio, or I have for analyzing audio, and realized it was actually the other person in the room. They have no recollection of saying it. Absolutely no recollection of saying it at all. And yet, absolutely, it was them. Well, that's the problem about field work is, is, is you know, you definitely have to have some type of control recorder, whether it's video like the AAEVP used to do or a second or a third recorder that that is in the room so that you can rule out uh, some of this uh, unintentional noise or background noise. What's that? Roll, a roll of duct tape is pretty effective. <laughs> No, you've always have movement. You always have breathing, stomach growling, and so forth. That all has to be taken into account. Stop some muttering, though. And muttering. <laughs> God knows you do enough of that. So, anyways, uh, I know we're coming up close to the break. So, uh, I know you also have some examples, I guess, of EVPs or, or audio sounds for us. Yeah, we do. Yes. Um, you I want to hold it till after the break, or well, we can, we, I think if we can ask Karina to play file A. No, I'll tell you what we'll. No, yeah, uh, I'll tell you what we'll do because we've got about six minutes. I think looking at my uh, timer. Uh, Karina, can you play uh, a sound that actually isn't an EVP, 
but was recorded on a parasite investigation um, oh, a lot of years ago now in a haunted school building. Keith, so, Corinne, if you can queue up kids playing, uh, this was a, a, an audio clip that we'll, we'll go to the break with, uh, and then okay. we'll talk a little bit about it as we come out of the break. Um, and then we'll go to some genuine EVPs. This, I've got to stress, is, a, is not an EVP. Because at the time it was recorded, not only was it recorded by more than 12 devices, uh, so video recorders with sound, you know, with, with their own microphones, and also dedicated audio-only recorders, but it was also heard by everybody in the building. I think there was about 12 people in the building, uh, Parasites team and members of staff from the building uh, with one exception. The one exception on that night was me because I had a pair of headphones on and was listening to a playback from an earlier recording um, from uh, several devices which we were trying to determine the cause of. So In I my defence, I was waving at you quite dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was focused on my task, <laughs> so I didn't hear it, but everybody else did. Uh, it took us uh, six months to work out that we could not explain the cause of this. It was taken a little after two in the morning uh, in, in a, I was going to say it's not an empty building, but it's, it's a building that was a former school located in the middle of, I'm just waiting for Karina to tell me we're, we're good to go, um, in the middle of a, of a built-up area, but it was early in the morning and... Um, we were never able to replicate it. And what was interesting is uh, the building was split over two floors and the recorders were 100 feet apart, end-to-end, over the two floors, and the recording levels were identical across all of the recorders, uh, over a dozen uh, machines. So, Karina, can you play kids, wa- kids, play- kids Playing Dot Wave, please? Apparently not. We've got about two minutes. That's all right. It's only 30 seconds. You could sing Ring of Ring of Roses in the meantime. Because <laughs> that was on a tape? No. <laughs> but we'll never know. <laughs> Let's have some dead air as we go into the break. Let's listen and see if the devil it's not playing. Oh, okay, okay, so there you go. Okay, well, let's. We could have some dead air going into the break. We could leave one minute of dead air, which we have left before the ad break, to see if the dead want to use the medium. Actually, you know what? We could have a a live EVP session, but you would have, unfortunately. Well, I was. I just said we were going to have a minute of it, but yeah, you can't because if you have dead air, then what happens is on some um, some uh, servers that the the dead air will cut off because they think the show is done or interrupted and then it'll go off the air so that's not a good thing so i got about 30 seconds anyway so anyways you're listening to to shout over us (laughs) right so anyways if uh i forgot what we're talking about now so as you listen to ghost chronicles uh international right here on tojinet pararex astronet and beyond our special guest today is ian winsper is i get that right ian you did indeed. All right, thank you. Sorry about that. Or and Cal uh, Standin, as my other name is. Yeah, there you go. Basically, yep. stunt double. <laughs> almost, almost as good looking as him. After the following messages, that would a bomb. <laughs> Hello. 
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Savannah Helsing Quartet fades into the background. Thank goodness. We're back to part two of Ghost Chronicles, the international edition. So I'm not the blonde bombshell. Oh. And that's, but that still is wrong. Wrong that age. And our special guest tonight is Anne Winsper, my co-conspirator in Parascience, the clever one of the two of us, uh, because she's way further along the track of her PhD. Um than I ever got, because she had better supervision than I ever had. Didn't she, Kieran? Anyway, our subject tonight... I should point out that all my supervisors left as well. Yeah, but yours weren't as useless as mine. Um, But tonight's subject is a word I invented, paracoustics, or seemingly invented. I was told I invented it. Well, actually, it's EVPs, but that's all right. No, it's paracoustics. And we did EVP. We're going we're gonna to continue with EVPs before moving on to other areas of sound and the paranormal. Um, and I was told during the break not to send wave files because they can't play them very well. Yep. Told you. No, you didn't. You said email them as MP3s. That's what I said. They're smaller files. And they work. Do you want me to send a copy of the email back out? No, I don't. Need it. I'll, if I'll I, put it in if, the chat room. If I had a free talk to Ian, You please. did not send, say, send MP3s because I said send MP3s. Play, because Anyways, moving right play. along. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you you were there, although we didn't hear it. The the children one and was that that was clear audio as well, clear audio. I mean, you could hear that. Yes, I mean, I noticed it because I was just sitting there minding my own business, and suddenly that's all I could hear. 
um, looked around, obviously, as Steve said, he was busy listening to another clip. So I started waving my arms about. Obviously, I didn't want to jump up or shout him because I didn't want to ruin the auditory stuff that we were getting. But it went on for a good couple of minutes. It was very loud, very clear. And everyone in the building, apart from Steve, heard it. And it was recorded on all the recorders. Yeah, I've actually heard that before, so it is very interesting. But it, being where you were, uh, could you tell where it was coming from in relationship to you? The only thing I could say was it appeared to be coming from inside the building. I couldn't really pin it down any further than that because it was uh, it was loud enough to make out what it was, but it wasn't loud enough for me to be able to say oh it's definitely coming from there if indeed it did have a direction but it definitely seemed to be coming from inside the building a fact which we later showed um, by the positions of all the recording devices that it must have actually come from inside the building yeah that's what I was going to ask you from the different recording devices were you able to pinpoint, pinpoint the exact location and each investigator where they were in places of the building did they hear it coming from the same place or or was it like you just vaguely inside the building? What yeah. we, oh, sorry, Adam. Oh, no, it's okay. Carry on. Well, no, he we can't did... because he actually didn't hear for it. So you can carry no, on. No, you were an eyewitness. You were an eyewitness. So I an will. An eyewitness. Uh... An eyewitness. Yeah. <laughs> um, c- certainly um, the people in my area heard it as a, in the building um, rather than a, in that particular corridor okay. there. So for for me and the people around me, it was a bit more vague. I don't know if Steve picked anything else up from talking from the other people with their recorders. What we did notice from the recorders, as I said before the break, is that the recording levels were uh, very, very similar over two floors and uh, from end to end 100 feet uh, separated. What was what was in, uh, useful to do? Uh, what we tried to do is we timed the event using uh, and then mapped that into a spatial program uh, because we knew where the recorders were positioned um, and which recorders we were because I'd put them out. Um, and what we were doing is looking at the timing differences for the sig- for the sound arriving at different recorders. So, you know, did it arrive at, uh, at recorder A before it re- arrived at recorder B, or floor A before floor B? Um, and what we found is that, in actual fact, end to end, there were no significant differences whatsoever. Uh, the sound was clearly coming from inside of the building because we were never able to replicate it using. Uh, in any of the experiments from outside, the building attenuation, uh, the, the attenuation through the walls was was very distinct and very, very clear. So it, it seemed to be more or less uniform um, throughout the entire building. So the building had a length of approximately 140 feet and two floors high. Well, there was a third floor that we didn't have access to, um, a roof level floor. Um, and the recording levels were uniform within a, two or three decibels um, across all of them. So it seemed to be uh, almost a constant. One of the things that we w- I remember that we were very keen on uh, trying to find out is whether the building had a PA system. 
uh, whether you know because that would have multiple speakers throughout the building and could be an explanation if somebody had perhaps because we did have members of the staff with us that night maybe somebody was playing a prank and yeah, I was thinking that. What about uh, through the duct systems of the building as well? Well, not the duct system. The building didn't have those, but what it did okay. have, uh, or what we th- what we what we looked for, was a public address system, because mm-hmm. that would satisfy that criteria. You know, a group of speakers on different levels uh, from end right. to end across a building. But the, that that system didn't exist. Um, what we also d- were able to determine using sound analysis techniques. Um, I mean. There's only so much you can do with sound analysis, even if you do it forensically like they do in air crash investigations using the cockpit voice recorders, it still comes down to a person at the end of the day. The, the, the software and the machinery will only enhance it and clean up the audio and make it more listenable. It won't actually tell you what the cause is uh, or what in fact is being said. Um, Correct. You know, so that comes down to the judgment of a highly trained, a forensic audio analyst is a very, very highly skilled, very highly trained, highly qualified uh, person. There are only around about three dozen in the entire world, and their hourly rates are phenomenal. But what you can do, what anybody can do, even with relatively simple software, is measure the arrival times and then triangulate that in this, you know, using stereo mapping, field mapping. Um, we were absolutely confident after we'd uh, done a number of tests and different experiments over the following three to six months that whatever the sound was, it emanated from inside the building, that no person seemed to have any conscious control over it, and that there was no obvious willful manipulation or fraud that was taking place. So what would you clarify it as? We Classify it as? We classified it as um, unexplainable. So an unexplainable audio sound? Yeah. Okay. Because we couldn't say it was paranormal. Um, we, we, you, you can't say it's something that you don't actually know what that something is. So, you know, we couldn't explain it. And, and I, you know, this is where we have a problem with other groups and, uh, and not a problem as in they are a problem, but a shared problem, as in whenever somebody presents evidence, and I'm sure that when they present, and said before, when they present evidence of their electronic voice phenomena, you are highly reliant upon their testimony. Now, we had full control of that building, um, and we were able to, you know, ensure that certain things didn't happen. You know, we were very unlikely to have been uh, hacked by a fraudster or, or have an illicit tape recorder. And we took precautions afterwards to ensure, you know, to make sure that that hadn't taken place. Um, but when I explain that to other people, of course, they only have my word that the right precautions were taken. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when they, if, if you reverse that situation, I would find the same loopholes that I would expect them to find if they were, uh, you know, competent investigators. So I, I guess my question to Anne and, and, and you, but uh, is. What would it take for a sound to be classified as paranormal in nature? Dead air. Crickets. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because we don't know what the paranormal is. 
Okay. I, the, more, I, I call... the more I look at the subject, the, fine, the harder I'm finding it to put any definitions on anything because I can't say, as Steve said, that's paranormal because I can't tell you what the paranormal is because we exactly. don't know. That's the problem. And, oh, I was going to say something else and you completely knocked it out of my head. Good, <laughs> How did good, you do good. that? How did it must you have do been, that? must have been a lie. That's all right. <laughs> it must have I, been. I, must I have saved been you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's we... the other thing I was going to say. It's also very difficult to pin down a phenomenon and say, this is EVP. Is it paranormal or not? This is a ghost. Is it paranormal or not? Because the more you look into the subject, the more it all blends into one. Um, you, you I've, had, I've had an experience given to me recently that was told to me as a time slip. And I've looked at it and thought, mm, that sounds like it could actually be a haunting, but it could be a time slip, mm -hmm. and it could be an EVP, or it could be something else. They all seem to, they all blend into each other. There's not, they're not as defined as you think they are when you start looking at lots and lots and lots of experiences. So not only can you not say that's paranormal because you don't really know what paranormal is, but it's also a bit hard to define what exactly it is that you've experienced in the terms that we're using nowadays. Maybe we need to relook at the whole field again. I know, I think, with, certainly I, with these classifications, I mean, we, we and this comes from parapsychology, and I, I point the finger of blame at parapsychologists for this because they get that they, they get stuck in these pigeonholes. I mean, you know, this idea that poltergeists, for example, are always the product of, of a pubescent teenage girl is just not borne out by the research. It's just not borne out by the cases that come forward. They don't support that, that, that point of view. The idea of classifications for electronic voice phenomena, people say, I have a class A or a class B. Uh, they're talking about the Raudiva classifications, and yet when you hear the class A or class B or class C, they are not even in the same ballpark as Raudiva's in terms of matching what he determine the classification system but the classification systems themselves fall, are falling down because we don't know we don't understand sufficiently about well, the, the problem phenomena. is we have no standards which is really comes down to we can't even define what the paranormal i mean oh. i threw that out there and i asked both of you what a paranormal sign was and you couldn't really answer that question no. and i'll wager nobody else can either mm. um, i'll yeah, wager that hundreds of thousands of investigators will exactly because in their mind, they have defined the paranormal as this particular uh, set of circumstances. And, and to them, it's paranormal. But we don't have a, a uh, acceptable, a worldwide acceptable definition of the paranormal other than Webster's Dictionary or something like that. But uh, I think Anne is right to, you know, the paranormal is, is all different things. And, and yet it's how you look at them. They all could be the same thing. So it's, it's Should we have some EVPs? I was just going to say that. You read my mind. You're getting psyched all the time, Mr. Parson. It's because it's a great mentor. Mm -mm, I agree. So... Go ahead. Which one? A. A1. A1. And the A1 is uh, case one. What the hell is that? that well, was... I'm hoping you can tell me. 
that's what Ang has to deal with. Seriously? Right, can, can you play the second one? That's A2. We're not even going to talk about that one? <laughs> the second one is the same one, but slightly okay. cleaned up. Yeah, it's all right, okay. it's file A2. Now, what does that sound like to you? To myself? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost sounds like, uh, to me, and this is driving through my own reality, my own experience, it, is, it sounds like a metal duck or something like that to me. That's, now, go ahead. That's pretty much what it sounds like to me. It's definitely something physical, an object. That's a, that was actually sent to me as a clip of a voice saying, ask someone else. Class A, I'm sure. <laughs> Times like this, I realise that I'm so glad my PhD is in the sound that you can hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Ian, when you get one like that, what do you do with it? Do you give your honest opinion on it? Yes, um, I I will not. Um, d despite we have a laugh about it, I won't mock people. I won't judge people, and I won't tell people that they're mad. I will listen to it, and I will give my considered opinion. If people want to accept that, that's great. If they don't want to accept that, well, that's their decision. Um, cases of someone reports a ghost to me, the first thing I'll do. Yeah. EVP. If they think there's something on there, I'll listen to it and I'll genuinely. You're cutting out on. And? Yeah, that's just spooky. And? Oh, wow. All right, so uh, why don't we well, play well, clip yeah, uh, B2, B1, and B2? While we find what happened to Anne. She got. Is it a good place? Is it a good place? Is it a good place? Well, they were the next. I'm waiting for, we're waiting to reconnect with Anne, who by the, uh, the because she's insulted the paranormal world. They I know you can't do that. It's it's not a I good thing. See what happens? But that yes. was. It gets smatted. That's it, you know? Yeah. Smote. She was smoted by... Smatted from above. <laughs> Up below. <laughs> so Seems I'm like Ed is gone. She's been kidnapped by aliens, evidently. No, no, no. I'm sure they're frantically trying to reconnect her. But just for the... Just oh, for... it comes right in. She's gone. <laughs> just for the podcasters, let's just run that again. B1, yes. B2. Is it a good place? Is it a good place? Well, I would say it's not a good place, but do you know what? I can actually hear a response there. I can hear a response. Now, so the, is it a good place is is the investigator or the EVP person, right? I hope so. Well, I I, I was going to say that's a very <laughs> class. That was a very good class A one. It was this and it's a good place. I, I heard that distinctly. <laughs> so, Andrew, what's that? 
Yeah, and Anne's now rejoined us after being rebuked by the paranormal world. We thought you got abducted by aliens or something. I don't know. Oh, I, I assumed you just didn't like what I was saying. Uh, and uh, because uh, you uh, always lose the argument, you cut me off. Ooh. <laughs> so there you go. though, isn't it? So, anyway, we so just played the second be- pair of... Yeah, play them again. Yeah, play those one more time, and then we'll have Anne's comments on it, please. Is it a good place? Is it a good place? Okay. Um, I'm sure you can guess that um, the person collecting the EVP said, is it a good place? And oh, I thought that place... was the EVP, and I said, wow, no, that's a class you... A. That was awesome. Oh, oh, please. <laughs> your, your enthusiasm is slightly <laughs> out of place. <laughs> yes. Um, the actual EVP was the apparent voice saying yes afterwards. However... Uh, um, it doesn't really say yes, even if it is a voice. Mm-hmm. However, so, what does it say? I have absolutely no idea. I can't even make out whether it's a proper voice or not. It's so short, which again is the problem when people give you clips that supposedly say yes, no, go. <laughs> it's so, very, so, very yeah. hard. Ian, how can you discount it as not saying yes if you can't identify exactly what it is saying? I can't discount it. Um, like okay. I said before, I don't automatically say that isn't EVP because okay. it's not that I don't believe, for want of a better word, in EVP. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that if we're looking at a phenomenon, we are actually looking at the phenomenon and not being sidetracked by things that patently aren't. Well, listen to the third one and tell me what you think of that that's okay. clip C file C maybe yeah. the apparent female voice at the end is the EVP so I'm glad you clarified that because I can't understand the first voice. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, Actually, uh, that's something that I've noticed listening to EVP recordings when they get sent in. Is I am often astonished at the poor quality of recording that is actually employed by uh, investigators because I even have trouble understanding the uh, the investigator side of the conversation. Well. The the problem with that, Steve, is is that uh, the files are, are not as they're captured, so they they've been compressed or and sometimes decompressed or whatever they are done to them. It, it, so you, you are you will get that distortion, and and also if you're doing them over speaker versus I'm not sure and or versus headphones is a total difference as well, depending on your environment. The so other thing it, that really doesn't help with EVP is that. For a lot of them, you do need some sort of noisy environment for them to manifest over, which sure. then introduces this whole level of making it more difficult to pick out what's there. So for a lot of them, um, it could well be that the noisy environment you need for the EVPs is what's causing you to hear the EVPs, even if they're not there. As I said, not for everything, but certainly for a lot of them. Well, you can, you can definitely, you know, I mean, you, you know that you, you can clear the environmental noise out of there by uh, certain programs as well. So, 
you can. But what, you're, yeah, but what you're doing there is actually quite dangerous because you're encouraging people uh, to randomly. Yeah, start, later, ra- I understand that. Yes. Yeah, they, they you know they rush out, they grab a copy of Audacity, and then they mm-hmm. you know they start tinkering with it, and and uh, I, I I I find that people start to manipulate the EVP file into what they think it ought to say. They play it backwards, than, they slow it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, you read instructions about how to, you know, how to analyze EVPs, and they're all about speed it up 600%, drop the, you know, drop the treble by 20 decibels, boost the compression. Yeah. They just tinker around with it. Exactly. Until they I, I agree with you. So, you know, as I say, electronic, uh, sorry, um, acoustic forensic analysis is a highly skilled speciality that you can't do with audacity uh, audacity can help you in some respects in some regards but what i was referring to uh, uh, first of all uh, earlier is not being able to understand the um, investigators is actually right. the poor quality of equipment and the poor use of the equipment you know they're, they're, they're carrying these recorders around with them and they're 20 dollar recorders in a lot of cases oh with a lot no. of ca- with a oh yes they are with a lot of case handling noise. There are two thousand uh, dollar recorders that were twenty dollar recorders. Uh, yeah, um, but nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen the files from some from a lot of these things. I've seen yeah, I've seen a lot of these things in use, and they are not you know, they're not top notch equipment, right. and they're not being handled correctly. You know, I remember Anne, Anne and I were, were together at an investigation oh, a lot of years ago, and we were given at the end of the night an astonishing recording of heavy footsteps running down a flight of steps and they were they were really quite good and however you listen to him because we all you know we've been told oh, i've got this recording of footsteps you could hear doom, 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 down a flight of wooden stairs now we were in the very fortunate position parasites had i think was it one webcam back at one cctv camera back in those days and it was in just the right position to see what really happened and an investigator had actually dropped a pencil down the stairs uh, oh, I remember you telling me that one, yeah. And it, yeah, and it bounced, and the case handling noise, you know, because the case the recorder was just laid on a wooden step. And yet these people are just hand-holding these recorders. Um, yeah, they ask a question, they press record, they release record, they listen back. There's constant handling of the device. It's passed from person to person. It's put down onto places. There is very, very little physical control of the device. You know, that's the, the problem. There's so many myths about EVPs. You know, Ann mentioned about noise and, and you know, for instance, the DR60, which is, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous for the amount of money you're going for now, is a noisy recorder. And people think because you have a noisy recorder, you're prevent, presenting the spirits with uh, white noise to manipulate to put their voices on. But you can, so a $20 recorder, I mean, where where do you? I mean, how do? You, what is the best way to record EVPs? We've we've heard it on everything from tape to uh, uh, TV to to uh, you know cheap recorders to expensive recorders. What what is the the best way to record EVP? Technically speaking, um, the highest yeah. quality recording you can get, because if you have the highest quality recording you can get. You're going to, you're going to that brings to a, a that brings a, a whole set of new issues because a higher quality uh, recorder will record better sounds yeah. that are non uh, non oh, the voice. best the, the best sound that you the, the more data the more information you have to work with 
the more you are likely to determine. Anyways, we just about run out of time. So, yeah, yeah, we got to get... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Anne, um, can people help you with your PhD research? Absolutely. I'm always looking for volunteers, volunteers to either fill in questionnaires or come and see me in person, or I will go and see them, and they can help me. I volunteer. Come over. Absolutely. I would love to come over and see you, and I will bring all my equipment, and assuming it doesn't get confiscated at customs, then we can do some experiment. (laughs) For for those wishing to do it in a more sort of uh, online way, is that positional? Yeah. You can fill in the questionnaires online. Unfortunately, I can't do the sound clips online because I do have to have some control over it. Um, But if you want to take part, you can always email me. A-R-Winsper at U-C-L-A-N dot ac dot U-K. It's probably on our website, assuming our website's still there, which is parascience.org.uk. It'll be revamped soon. We're going to have a new one. Let's have a shiny new one. No, we're just well, actually. I shouldn't say this out there, but we're just waiting for him to transfer the numbers over. Ooh. So anyway, uh, can we put her, that that thing on our page? Uh, yes, Steve? we can. Uh, just go to triple uh, w dot parasite. No, no, put it, put it on us. Make it easy for people. They don't like yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I will do. <laughs> so Ian, thank you so much. I, I wish we actually had more time because. Uh, it's a fascinating subject, and I, and I think there's a lot to discuss about it. And well, we could we could get Cal the Hevo next week. Oh God, telephone calls from the freaking dead. <laughs> <laughs> Paracoustic part two. So, anyways, uh, anything you want to add, Ian? No, I don't think so. Thank you for having me back again. I do enjoy our little sparring matches. Oh, we don't we don't spar. <laughs> it's it's. Polite. I, su- I suppose we don't. I, you say something and I tell you you're wrong. That's just to end. Uh, Ed in the chat room has just said, "Come to the Portsmouth Harbour Lighthouse." Ed, there was a fantastic EVP happen- event happened a year ago. There, there it is. Goodbye. <laughs> From goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.